Today's episode of Seven the Edge is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash setting edge. That's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. Welcome to episode 64 of the Send the Edge podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm here with my co-host, Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at 4Verts. Hey, what's up, the people, carnal? What's up? Uh, week 17 is here. We have finally made it through. Uh, I guess a pretty brutal NFL season. I mean, we lost a lot of stars to injury, but we've made it to the finish line. We have some uh, special things going on. The Browns could go 0-16. Hugh Jackson could be 1-31 and and still keep his job and get a chance to have input on the quarterback that they selected number one in the 2018 NFL draft, Josh Allen. But, uh, I mean, there really isn't that much to say about these games because you do have a handful of teams resting their starters. So, I mean, let's just dive right in. The first game is the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a six and a half point favorite, and we're just going to do what we, we've been doing. Uh, take Cleveland to cover in the first half and Pittsburgh to cover in the second half. Uh, I don't expect the Browns to win this game, mainly because last year, <laughs> to close the season, they lost to the, the Steelers' backups. Landry Jones threw for 270, 277 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Eli Rogers, Kobe Hamilton, Darius Harris Bay were the Steelers' leading receivers in that game, and they still managed to get a win in over the Browns, so... Yeah, I, I would keep your expectations pretty low if you expect the Browns to win this game. Even the Steelers' backups are probably better than, than where they are with, with Hugh Jackson and company right now. Yeah, and uh, I was going to say, like, the only thing I remember from Week 17 last year was the Mike Mitchell vine of him just, like, screaming at a referee. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Should we, we should talk about our conspiracy not even a conspiracy theory just our theory on why the browns are going to take josh allen because we just had a fucking 20 minute conversation about it it's going to happen all the narratives like they're falling right into place for the browns to take him number one so like if we're just going to look at how these narratives go with like bowl season and stuff Darnold tanked his bowl game uh i mean he was awful lamar jackson was horrible today his First four interception game. I think it might have been his first three interception, like three interception plus game in school. Uh, you had Rosen sitting out, and Rosen's already been fairly vocal about not wanting to play for the Browns or not being afraid to hold out on a team that picks him and he doesn't like it. So then you got Baker with the flu coming up against this uh, pretty stingy UGA defense on Monday. So like it wouldn't even be that surprising if he didn't play well. So who's the last quarterback that uh, balled out in there? bowl game against Central Michigan University. Josh Allen with 11 completions, 19 attempts, and three touchdowns. So the, the stars are aligning in his favor. Plus you have John Dorsey. He's going to – maybe he sees this as chance at uh, Patrick Mahomes 2.0. Maybe you have Hugh Jackson, Jimmy Haslam looking at this as Wentz 0.0 or Wentz 2.0 since, you know, Wentz 0.0. Wentz 0.0. Big uh, athletic pocket passer who played for uh, Craig Bowl. Craig Bowles. Yep, and uh, yeah, it, it just all the stars are aligning for the Browns to take Josh Allen at number one, and I just hope they do so we can laugh. Yeah, especially like if you if you were going toward the athletic model, right, and then you backlash the backlash to the athletic model would be find the next Carson Wentz 
and like this is the closest thing to Nexus and Wentz is we're going to find. Um, if you even want to go further, like Carson Wentz had to come back from injury to play at the end of his last year, and that's basically what happened with Josh Allen. Um, he's not sitting out a bowl game. Uh, so, yeah, we're taking Cleveland first half, Pittsburgh. Just fade Cleveland forever, like honestly. Just fade Cleveland in any pressure situation for the rest of the time. Yeah. Also, send in uh, your predictions if Hugh Jackson gets to keep his job for the 2018 season. I mean, and he's he seems fairly confident that that's going to be the case. Uh, he put he put Haslam on the spot. He basically was like, "Yeah, I trust Haslam, the owner, who you know would get a bad reputation of being a liar and having a quick trigger finger if they fired me." Yeah. So yeah, tweet us uh, at the uh, at Setting Edge handle. Tweet us what you think Hugh Jackson's record is going to be when his run in Cleveland is over. My bet is currently on two and forty four. Where uh, maybe he wins the first game of his season and just goes like 0 and 13 the rest of the way, and then it gets fired. All right. <laughs> uh, next game is the Washington Redskins at the New York Giants. The Giants are a three point home dog. Uh, we're both in the Giants to cover that three point spread. I don't really have a reason why. I just didn't really put any thought into this. But you, why, why do you why do you why do you take the Giants? I just think that if you reverse this line right, then in Washington, the Redskins would be nine-point favorites, and the Redskins aren't really a good team. I, I know that they've been going through basically like a horrible injury stretch, and they've by far played the hardest schedule in football, um, but still. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about that. But like you said, it, it's, not, it's not a very, very high-concept bet. It's just, hey, that's a, that's a lot of points on the road for a team that doesn't have a winning record. Yep, uh, and that's that, because, I mean, the Giants... Well, maybe we'll talk about the Giants in the offseason, but they have not given us any reason to care about them right now. See you guys in July. Yeah. Uh, Next game is Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are a seven-point home favorite, and we are taking the Lions. And I think it's pretty simple. Brett Hundley stinks, and Dom Caper stinks, too. So you got quarterback and defensive coordinator that can't get the job done and that should be enough for the Lions to get it done at home to close this to, to close their season out yep uh the Packers are just beyond this year already like you already saw I think it today at three o'clock was like the deadline for when if you had empty cap space for this year that you could basically sign an extension and take a hit um for the signing bonus this year you know how they prorate the signing bonuses and stuff you could take a the, the an extra hit for a year in your signing bonus this year if you did contracts before like three o'clock today, and they got Corey Lindsley and uh, Devonte Adams both under contract now. So like Green Bay's only major you know issue at this point is like an extension for Rodgers or if they're gonna bring Morgan Burnett back, and if he walks like they still they spend a second round pick or whatever on Josh Jones at safety. So uh, Packers like free agency period basically like open and closed. Uh, in a matter of like 12 hours, so uh, this th- this team is beyond this year. Brett Hundley's awful. I hope they take a quarterback, even if they do extend Aaron Rodgers, just so uh, they extend my fanhood. <laughs> you were so spoiled. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> I I, that, I I was telling Hank today because Hank was asking me questions about Willie Taggart, and I told him um, I saw three games that Willie Taggart coached at Oregon because you know. Backup quarterbacks and buddy, I am not gonna. I'm not here to root for backup quarterbacks, and I know what happens when backup quarterbacks play. So, I'm not here for it. I, I sit through for for the Packers stuff just because uh, there are less options in the NFL, and I'm watching Red Zone anyway. So, like, you just catch it by accident. But like, 
I'm not going to watch an Oregon backup quarterback go against Cal instead of watching like Alabama play Auburn. No, sir. That's not going to be me. Nope. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's, that's well said. Next game is the Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are a 12-point home favorite. Uh, the Vikings, they should be resting their starters, right, since the Eagles already locked up the number one seed? or No, there's some weird stuff where, like, I think the Panthers can get the two seed somehow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there's the, the NFL is currently chaos. Like, very specific things matter, but it's like a 2% chance. Yeah, so uh, we're going to tease this down to six points with the New England Patriots game. We'll, we'll talk about it in a second. but We could just talk about them together, honestly. Yeah, so the, the Jets are playing at the Patriots. The Patriots are a ridiculous 15-point home favorite. Uh, we're going to tease that down to nine points. So we have the Minnesota Vikings teased down to six points, and the, the Patriots teased down to nine points. And I think we kind of say the same things like for both squads. Uh I, th- I think the Jets and the Bears, well, not the Jets so much anymore since Josh McCown got hurt, but the Bears for sure. Like, I was going to say this might be a Christian Hackenberg game, bud. Yeah, they're 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 both kind of feisty, but uh, the Vikings and the Patriots are both better, a lot better than the teams that they're facing off against. So that should be uh, a fairly easy bet to to make in, in terms of picking the team. Uh, that's favorite at home, but 12 points is a lot, 15 points is a lot, so we're just going to tease it down together. Yep, so Minnesota 6 and New England 9. Our next game is uh, Dallas is a three-point road favorite at Philadelphia. Um, if Dallas is a three-point road favorite, what we're going to see in the playoffs is going to be pretty amazing in terms of the precedent because I don't know how many one-seeds have ever hosted a divisional round game where they've been an underdog, but if Dallas is a three-point road favorite – that almost assures that that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, this just doesn't make sense to me because I know the, the Eagles, like how many starters are they going to be resting? And even then, like I feel like they're still a, a way deeper team than the Cowboys. I I agree. And even then, like if you're if we're talking about the Carson Winston, Nick Foles drop. So essentially in the way that Vegas views it, 15 yards is roughly a point, right? So if if Carson Wentz was playing this game, what would you have? The Eagles minus five at the worst. Um, yeah, at the worst. Okay, so Dallas is a three point favorite right now. So that's an eight point swing, right? So if we're eight times, what is that? Eight times fifteen is one hundred and twenty yards. That's a, that's a lot of yardage, man. Yeah. So I I don't know. That seems that seems a little much to me. So if this game were in Dallas, Dallas would be a nine point favorite. Um, I just I just don't get that at all. I wouldn't make Dallas a nine point favorite against the Eagles backups. I'm just gonna take Philly at home. You know, three points. I get a little buffer even if Dallas wins. So, yep. Uh, the next game is the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. The, the Colts are a five and a half point home favorite. So we're just gonna take the 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 Texans because there's no reason that the Colts should be favored by this much against. Literally anybody in the league. I mean, they beat the Browns by like one or two points early this year. So, I, I yeah, we went by. We went by and looked, and uh, the only time the Colts would have covered a five and a half point line would have been the last time the Houston Texans played them. And in like divisional games, like I really don't like. I feel like in terms of projection, divisional games are probably the weakest in terms of like repeats. Like, oh, that's going to happen again when these guys have already played each other. I don't think that's going to happen. Houston Indianapolis. This game also. This opened up as a pick 'em, and then it moved five and a half points towards the Colts. So I don't know why there's all this confidence towards Indianapolis. Yeah, 
I I don't get it either. So I mean, this is another one of those games like it, it just it's borderline unwatchable. But here we are. The NFL owns us, and it's week seventeen. We're talking about Colts Texans, a team that neither one really matters, and the outcome is is essentially meaningless. But let's move on to the next game: the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are a two point five point underdog, uh, home underdog. So. I'm staying away from this game in totality. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to read any recaps. I'm not going to look at any stats from it. You <laughs> are taking. You're not going to watch Tyrod's last game in Buffalo. No, it's they don't. They don't deserve my viewership. So <laughs> uh, you're taking the Bills to cover that two and a half point spread. Yep, uh, Miami's awful. That's that's it. It's not. It's not very deep. Again, these are these are very low concept picks this week, just because these games are just so dumb are are any of these games must see games between playoff the closest thing i guess would be carolina and atlanta that's the only that's game the that only really game. matters yeah so that's I guess the, it, so that i guess that's the next game so and if you want to watch like san francisco and rams just to see jimmy g i won't hate you but you're gonna miss donald and Gurley. so even that comes with a price sean Mannion game yeah <laughs> Sean Mannion game. Uh, the next remember, game. Remember when we uh, we heard secondhand that Ram there was a Rams skill player who wanted Sean Mannion to be the starter over Jared Goff? Yeah, last season. Yeah, that was funny. I mean, even even then, like we were just talking about it before. I don't. I don't. It's weird because like Jared Goff, like his adjusting the yards per attempt is so great, but when you watch him, he doesn't really do anything. He's just kind of like a a piece of of that offense. But and it's, it's fine. Uh, the next game is the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are a four-point home favorite. We are taking the Dirty Birds. Uh, I just think the Panthers are super banged up right now. And even though Alex Mack might miss this game, I I still just think, you know, Atlanta, they, they really have their back against the wall here. And if they want to make the playoffs, they really got to go in and win this game. Uh, and hopefully that brings us some extra fire for them. Uh but in the meantime, I just I don't trust you know a, a team with uh, I think Ryan Khalil's banged up. Try Turner's out, and you're gonna have to go up against like Grady Jarrett and Don Terry Poe has been picking up his play recently. So I think that's gonna be a tough matchup for them. But I'm in on the Dirty Birds. Just throw out the Julio, please God. <laughs> I, I'll say this too: um, the Carolina Carolina played Green Bay like two weeks ago or whatever, and they only really got like 20 yards from receivers. But they did get two touchdowns. The problem is it was two touchdowns by the same guy. Uh, what's his name? Bird or whatever. Yeah. And I believe he's on IR now. Yeah. So, like, they, they, they have even less depth at receiver than they did before when they could basically only run through tight ends and running backs. And uh, un- unlike Don Capers, like, Dan Quinn kind of knows what to do with, like, hey, you're going to throw it to the middle of the field. I'm going to stop that. Yeah. It's just – it's just – as a Falcons fan, it's been so frustrating watching, like, this team because – like, I think Dan Quinn and Marquand Manuel, like, I think they're pretty good at their job. But, God, Stark is just – like, they really punted the season after a Super Bowl trip so Dan Quinn could hire his buddy. And I think that's just utterly disgusting. But that's Nepotism a, ruins the NFL, bud. Yeah, that's another rant for another day. But, yeah, we're both in on the Falcons minus four. Uh, this is the first game where we're split. Uh, the New Orleans Saints are on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Saints are a six-point road favorite. You are taking the Bucks. I'm taking the Saints. Uh, I'm just gonna take the Saints just because, like, the NFC South is still undivided and still uh, undecided, and they're still a much better team 
than the Bucks. So like even on the road, I'm I'm gonna take uh, New Orleans. I, I think that especially like their offensive line compared to Tampa's defensive line, like that should be absolute utter destruction on just about every single play. So if they can control the ball and get the ball into the hands of Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and uh, Michael Thomas and those boys, I think that they should light up the scoreboard this week. And uh, as they lock up the the four seed, because they did lose to the Rams on the road. Oh, yeah. um, I forgot about that. But if we have the Rams losing this week, do we have the Rams? Yeah, you have the Rams losing this week. All right, let's not talk. Let's not talk about the goddamn seating. That's for sure a conversation we'll have next week. Um, but I don't know. Six points. If it were in New Orleans, New Orleans would be twelve point favorites. New Orleans leads the NFL and wins by more than a touchdown right now. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I, it, New Orleans is just banged up a little bit, man. Like I had a lot of confidence right around like week ten that New Orleans was the best team in the league. But now I'm starting to think that it's Minnesota. I just think that that line's probably. A point or two too high. All right. Uh, I, I just it, the Bucks are weird because, like, it does. Seem well, like Jameis Jameis Winston's having the best passing passing season of his career, but aesthetically, it looks crazy. It's not. It's it's not registering. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the same thing. Like when you look at Alex Smith's stats, and you're like, Alex Smith is the second most valuable passer in the NFL, and it's like that's not true at all. Like the stats might say that, but it does. It's it's not registering in the mind. Kind of like. Kirk Cousins is taking a statistical drop this year compared to like the last two, three years, whatever. I still but because of the pieces that are around him, is he? I, in no, terms I, of NEA? Well, no, 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 no. Not in terms of NEA, but like just the eye test. Like I think he's a better player. No, no, no. That, that's what I'm year. saying. It's it's like the opposite of the Jameis Winston effect, where his stats are going down, but you could you could visibly see that his talent is rising. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like the opposite that's happening with Jameis because Jameis. Right now, by far, in any way that you want to like tangibly measure it, right, he's having the best year of his career, except for when you watch him on film. Yep, and that's you know where the divide starts, and you get the "Make America Great" egg Abbey's near mentioned, and, and everything turns to hell. But uh, the next game is oh, I'm actually going to beat this game tomorrow. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Why? Why? You gonna you gonna you gonna bid Marvin farewell? I got uh, my friend's box tickets, and my pal plays for the Bengals, so I might see him after the game. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Bravens are a nine-point home favorite. Uh, you are on the Bengals. I'm going to take the Ravens just because, I mean, they still have to lock up a playoff seed, right? I think they're locked in. No, for somehow they're, they're, they're not locked into the playoffs. I remember it's like... Every, it has is like, I think the Chargers have to get in somehow for them to miss out. I can't remember how it is, but yeah, there's for some reason they still have to try. It's just nine points, and nine points is a lot for this damn Raiders team or this damn Ravens team yeah, to do. I, Especially I, when Cincinnati is looking like more and more competent as the year goes along somehow. Yeah, I just I still really like Baltimore's defense, and I really don't like Andy Dalton or the Bengals' offensive line. So uh, I don't know. I think like just the Baltimore's. Uh, like their combination of defense and special teams can get them like the job done for them, and like sneakily, sneakily, like super duper sneakily, the Ravens. I I I want. Let me check this real quick. But I'm pretty sure they're like fourth in offensive uh, points per play value right now in the league, which is kind of crazy. Is it just a it's just a field position thing? I would assume yeah. that it's oh, a field position thing. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Cause, yeah, they're ninth in a. Uh, Okay, they're ninth in points per play value, and they are 
31st in yards per play value. So it's, that's definitely just like a field position thing. But hey, if the defense can get you in those situations, I guess that's fine. But I, I think I, I kind of think this Baltimore team's a little bit underrated. Just because, like, like so much, so much of the talk has been about Jaguars defense, but the Ravens defense, like, is really as a total unit, is really not that far behind. I mean, they're way better against the run, and in terms of like limiting first downs and yards per play and points per play, they're not that far away. And they do have the most turnovers on a per play basis in the league right now. So it's kind of like the the past couple years where it was like. Denver was the number one team in terms of defense, but then like Arizona was like right behind them and like a tier between you know Denver and the rest of the league. Yeah, that's like where that's like where Baltimore is right now. Um, I will say, like Terrell Suggs might end up having like ten sacks this game because Detroit when Detroit and Cincinnati played, Ezekiel Ansah got three sacks. Uh, Ezekiel Ansah had three sacks against the Giants, and then other than that, I think the other like fourteen games or whatever. He recorded like two sacks combined. So like Ezekiel Ansah is not good this year, and he was able to thrash this Bengals uh, offensive line. And like Terrell Suggs is like actually having like a really good year quietly for someone who's that old. Um, he he might just run away with like Andy Dalton's head. Yep. Uh, so you're on the Bengals. I'm on the Ravens. Uh, the next game is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are a three point home favorite. You are staying away from this game. I'm going to take Jacksonville. Uh, minus three to cover, or no, Jacksonville plus three to cover uh, that spread on the road. I I, just, I don't know if they're going to sit on. Um, I would assume the Vegas Vegas is saying that they're going to sit there, guys. Yeah, I, I mean, there's Rose, no way that they think Tennessee and Jacksonville are even teams on an even field. Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, Doug Marone he's saying that that he's not going to sit his guys, but. You already won the, the division, and you, you are literally locked into the three seed. So I don't really know what else there is to do. Like, why would you play your guys if the result of the game does not matter? But maybe he maybe he wants to just knock Tennessee out of the playoffs uh, entirely. But either way, I'm going to take the Jags to cover the spread because I think they're the way more talented team. Uh, the next game is the Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are a nine-point home favorite, which is crazy considering how awful they have been. Uh, well, they beat the Cowboys last week, but besides that, it's been it's been a rough stretch for them, especially those Rams and Jaguars games. But uh, we're both on the Cardinals to cover this nine-point spread, just because I I don't think the Seahawks should be favored by nine against anybody right now, except maybe Cleveland. Yep, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. The Seahawks aren't a great team. They are not a good team. Um, and I've kind of been on that all year, and it was kind of weird to see the – I mean, I understand the Russell Wilson MVP candidate stuff, but it seemed very similar to, like, the the Matt Stafford stuff last year where it was like, I understand what you're saying, but you sound really dumb when you're saying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh yeah, I mean, it, this is another unwatchable game. Uh, just it sucks because I don't. I, I think Russell Wilson's been okay. That that team, that especially that defense, they just got destroyed by injuries this year. I mean, you go into a season and you lose Sherman, Cam Chancellor, and then I mean, um, Cliff a- Cliff Averill got Cliff a Averill, major like yeah. neck neck injury like in week two, and everyone yeah. forgot about it. Cliff like Averill he's going, he's kind of yeah. Like he, that's one thing that I know Eric Stoner and I have talked about this a lot, but. Um, 
neck injuries to me are more concerning for like youth level football and stuff like that because of the things that you see with like Cliff Averill and uh, Ryan Chazier and things like that because hits are not the same at the youth level. But the angles that your head is hitting at and stuff like that, that's stuff that has to be taught at that level. And it's like seeing those major injuries and like no one, no one's even talking about like the Cliff Averill thing. Well, everyone's talking about concussions and concussions are like while they're a huge thing, right? Um, like neck injuries should be like as important as concussions. And it's weird to see people not caring as much about that. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of concussions are like, like they sometimes they stem from like hits to the neck too. So it's, it's, it's well, like the pa- the Packers have had three guys like that where it was, who was it? Sammy Shields who led the NFL and inter- was second in the NFL and in interceptions from the moment he entered to the moment he retired behind Richard Sherman. And then Nick Collins, who was an all pro safety. And then, uh, what was his name? Jermichael Finley, who was a Pro Bowl tight end. Oh, like those th- those things rip a- rip away guys like that, and like that's super that's super important. And those are things that you could teach at the youth level. And like I don't know, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Th- these are things that should be covered more often, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy, like how how fast it all can be just be taken away from you like that. But uh, the next game is the Oakland Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are seven and a half point home favorite. You're on the Raiders. I'm gonna take the Chargers just because. I'm, let, I'm, let me talk. Let me talk to you. This. Let, I'm gonna speak you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk you out of this real quick. Okay, this game is in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. And I it's, mean, that doesn't matter though. Buddy, this, for a Raiders game. Oh yeah, for a Raiders game. That's right. Buddy, I was, I was, buddy, I was buddy, buddy, from like the Chargers standpoint, like they no, don't no, no, advantage. no, no, no. <laughs> this is this is this is a New Year's Eve pregame party as far as far as I'm concerned, bud. Uh yeah, seven and a half points. That the Chargers a, are seven and a half points. Yeah, this, is a, this is a New Year's Eve party for Raiders fans. <laughs> this is a New Year's Eve pregame party for Raiders fans, bud. Like, no, get the fuck out of here. There's uh, no way. There's no way that they cover this. This is this is the one game. I'm trying to think of lines that I would actually put money on. I think I would put money on Atlanta minus four at home against Carolina, and then Oakland plus seven and a half against the Chargers. Those are the only the, two games I would put real life money on this week. I'm going to take the Chargers just for uh, just to be different, and I don't know. I still like I still think they're a good team. They just can't get out of their own way, just like the Chargers. But I don't this, this, this like this week doesn't seem like a slip up week for the Chargers. I don't know. Like you, I don't know. I have no real explanation explanation for it. But uh, yeah, the next game we're going to talk about is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are a four point. Home favorite, repeat, the Broncos, the Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos, led by John Elway, are a four-point home favorite. Yes, the Chiefs are starting Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, the, the, Dolphin, or the, the, the Denver Broncos, they're terrible. I mean, we were just talking about it before, before we got on, about how, you know, if we thought Van Joseph has done an awful job, and I don't really think he has, just because he, he was brought in to be a defensive guy, and if you look at like their defensive stats and their defensive uh, like ranking and stuff, they they really just get hosed by the offense turning the ball over so much. I mean, only Cleveland turns the ball over more often than the Denver Broncos, um, and just like on a on a uh, average starting field position basis, the Denver Broncos defense is by far the worst in the league, and I think the Cleveland Browns are next to that. So. Hey, if you turn the ball over, you're if you turn the ball over a lot, you're likely going to put your defense in bad positions and probably going to let up some points because of that. So, I, I think the defense has been fine, but you can't, you just can't win a lot of games when you have Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, uh, Chad Kelly, and 
Trevor Simeon as your four quarterbacks that you're going to be working with. So I, I, yeah. don't, I don't see how they can be favored in, in any game, especially against the Chiefs, even with Mahomes starting. And I bet the only reason why Cleveland has a higher turnover percentage and a better starting field position than Denver is because Deshaun Kaiser is allergic to the end zone. And they just turn over all those balls right there in the red zone. Um, so this is Denver minus four. If it, if Kansas City's starters were starting, right, this is probably a four-point line at least in favor of Kansas City. And I don't think the drop-off from, like, Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes is worth eight points. And I also don't think, like, our outside of Kelsey, right, and, like, Tyreek Hill, are there really any guys who are irreplaceable if they're benched in Kansas City? And it's only, like, like only how many inactives are there? I think there's, like, eight, right? So it's not like the entire team is sitting this game. It's only like eight guys that are sitting, and there's only like two irreplaceable guys, and then the quarterback drop-off, I probably wouldn't assume is as much as, you know, I guess this line would assume. I don't think the drop-off from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes is that big, but I guess we're going to have something to talk about for the next 10 months or whatever. Yep. Uh, It's going to be fun to watch because I I guess – I mean, it feels like Alex Smith, even though he played so well this year, he's probably auditioning for his next job. Uh, maybe that's he's gonna get an ex- he's gonna get an extension, bud. I promise you, he's gonna get an extension. This is how stupid the NFL is. So then why why did they trade up for Mahomes? They didn't think that Alex Smith was gonna put up. This is by far Alex Smith's best year, yeah, like it, statistically. It is. It is. Like it's it's not really close. I I don't. If I bet that if you looked up the historical precedent of teams moving on from quarterbacks who have the stats that Alex Smith has this year, you would find nothing. Yeah. Like, it would be something that hasn't happened in NFL history. But I feel like Alex Smith, like, he can sell Alex Smith this up in the playoffs. And I feel like that would kill any momentum he had during the season. If he just shows, like, during the playoffs, yeah, I'm I'm still Alex Smith. And Well, he has a – I mean, he's going to – it's probably going to come down to – uh, Steelers defense that is much better now, right? Once once uh, Hayden got back, and then Jacksonville and Baltimore, who are basically buzzsaws. So, uh, if Kansas City loses, unless they like lose a lose a high scoring game to the Patriots, like it's probably going to fall on Alex Smith's shoulders to some extent. Yep. And if you, if it like if you just keep getting the same result, like well, that, what would that be like four years in a row now? Eh, I, I think I can see them moving on, even with the year he had this year. Um, last game of the 2017 regular season that we're going to be talking about is the San Francisco 49ers, or excuse me, the Sammy, the San Francisco Jimmy G9. Sammy, uh, I'm messed up. Uh, San Francisco Jimmy G9. San Pancho. Uh, <laughs> taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams, or no, the 49ers are a four point. God damn, you'll get it. San Pancho 49ers. They're four okay. point favorites on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. Right. Who uh, are the Rams they? are sitting their backups. Sitting their starters. That's where I'm at. All right. Yeah, you take over now. God damn, we're we're a met, we're just we're just like a smoking car that's on fire running off the road in 2017. Uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, Sean McVay said uh, Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley, Andrew Whitworth, like Jared Goff, Sammy Watkins, like all these guys are gonna be sitting. So. Uh, with the way San Francisco's been playing, there's really no reason for them not to win this game. Uh, and honestly, I-, I meant to talk about this on the pod a month ago, which really serves no purpose right now. Like, but, hey, I think Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be half decent. I think we should put money on him moving forward. Now, uh, yeah, like that that bet that said uh, it was like it was like plus fifteen. Oh yeah, 
It was plus fifteen hundred that the brown or the good God, I'm just stumbling all over the place. Uh, it was a fifty plus fifteen hundred uh, bet that the 49ers would go undefeated with Jimmy G as their starting quarterback. So I just put like ten bucks down on that. And hey, here we are. Oh, you made you made some good money off. Of that, <laughs> I know man. I did. <laughs> I I, re- I remember I saw that and I was telling people that the best way to make money off of that would probably just be bet the games individually and let the money roll. But like if if San Francisco is a four point road favorite now, like the public perception on it has changed so much that you probably made a ton of value instead of just betting them individually. Yeah, I just, so I just put like ten bucks down on that, and then uh, here we are. Uh, Jimmy G he lit up the Jacksonville Jaguars last weekend. I mean, just from a play style and play call, play caller style. I mean, Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan is just a perfect fit, uh, and I mean they're balling right now, so. If the Rams are going to sit their starters as they should, since they're locked into their seat, uh, yeah. No, they're not locked into their seat. They, wait, they just—they just—they're just not scared. They—they they can either be the four or the three, right? Right. And the NFC South would be the other one. They could either be the four or the three, but no one is really like scared of. I mean, the Eagles—the Eagles are a three-point uh, home home underdog against the Dallas Cowboys this week. Like, no one's really scared of them. Yeah, so either way, you're going to get a home game uh, for the Rams in the playoffs since they already won the division. So there's there's no real reason to really play your guys. So the Rams are either going to end up playing the Falcons or the Panthers or the Saints again. So that should be a, a fun first-round matchup, uh, depending on how that all turns out. Or they can end up playing the Seahawks again if the Seahawks win and the Falcons lose. So, uh, yeah, so you want to run through the picks real quick before you go pick up your wife real quick? Yes, sir. Uh, so we're we're taking Cleveland in the first half, fading them in the second half. Uh, Washington at the Giants. We're taking the Giants as three-point home underdogs. Green Bay at Detroit. We're taking Detroit as seven-point home favorites. Uh, Chicago at Minnesota, minus 12. And the New York Jets at the New England Patriots, minus 15. We're teasing the Vikings to minus six and the Patriots to minus nine together. Uh, Dallas at Philadelphia, we're taking the Eagles as three-point home favorites. That's a really dumb line. Houston at Indianapolis, we're taking Houston as five-and-a-half-point uh, road dogs. That, that that line still doesn't make any sense. So the Colts are three-point, basically three-point favorites on a neutral field. That that line doesn't make any sense to me. Buffalo at Minnesota, I'm taking Buffalo minus two-and-a-half. You're staying away because you're a smart person who doesn't want to lose money. Uh, Carolina at Atlanta, we're both in lockstep taking Atlanta minus four in the, the only real relevant game this, this entire weekend. Uh, New Orleans at Tampa. I'm taking – Tampa's a six-point home fa- home dog. There we go. Home dog. I'm taking Tampa. You're taking New Orleans. Cincy at Baltimore. Baltimore is a nine-point home favorite. You're taking Baltimore. I'm taking Cincy. Jacks at Tennessee. I'm skipping this game where I don't know if Jacksonville starters are or aren't going to play. You're taking Jacksonville minus three. Plus three. Arizona. I, I wrote that wrong on the sheet. Oh my bad. Well, see that that one's on you. Arizona <laughs> at Seattle. Arizona at Seattle. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are nine point home or nine point road favor, road dogs. There we go. I'll get the combination at some point. I'll take, we're both taking Arizona. Oakland at the Los Angeles Chargers. Even though it's a New Year's New Year's Eve pregame for Raiders fans in Los Angeles, I'm taking Oakland plus seven and a half. You're taking Los Angeles Chargers minus seven and a half. Kansas City at Denver. We're taking Pat Mahomes. My, or a plus plus four in Denver, and then the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, we're, there's two Los Angeles games going on at the same time. I wonder how often that happens. Um, like every we're both week, taking probably, the San Francisco almost? 49ers. At the, sa- at the same time, you think they're both playing the afternoon oh, games at the same oh, time? Oh, like in Los Angeles? 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, oh, yeah, that's probably just the first time, and there's gonna be no people at either game, except for, <laughs> except for Raiders fans. There's gonna be just Raiders. There's gonna be Raiders fans at the San Francisco at Los Angeles Rams game. Promise. Oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, so yeah, yeah, this episode is pretty sloppy, but it's almost New Year's. So I'm gonna cut some slack. Uh, we promise we will get back to your questions next week. We just been kind of busy with our schedules this week and doing stuff outside of outside of setting the edge so being human beings things of that nature things of that nature uh so yeah this is going to be conclude episode 64 of setting the edge we'll be back next week to talk playoffs wild card round hopefully the falcons do not make it let's talk to you then